0: All right, sorry for the technical difficulties, but you know, we're humans (laughs) and things happen. (laughs) But let's go to Revelation 5. Revelation 5. Okay, and we'll be reading from verse 9 through 10. Okay, verse 9 through 10. And they sang a new song You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals. you were slaughtered this is talking about jesus and you purchased people for god by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation you made them a kingdom and priests to our god and they will reign on the earth and then let's go a few chapters later um, chapter 19 chapter 19 And then verse 9, chapter 19, verse 9. And it says, Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. He also said to me, these words of God are true. And then the last verse, um, go to chapter 21, to the second to last chapter, I believe, of the Bible. So chapter 21. Verse 5, and it says, Then the one seated on the throne said, "Look, Look, I am making everything new. Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for this revelation. We are able to see that the lamb who was slain on our behalf was able to open the scroll. We were able to see that his blood was sufficient to purchase us. We were slaves to sin, but Jesus, you have purchased us from sin, and now we are free. We are free. We make a kingdom We are priests, and we will reign on this earth. And we are invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb in the future, and we are also part of this new world. The one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. Everything new. Jesus, may you be with us, and may you open up our hearts May we learn about you and learn about ourselves, and let us end the series well. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. We all usually have this view that in the future, Jesus is going to come back, he's going to judge the world, and then he's going to take us all the way to heaven to live happily ever after. And essentially, this is a theology of evacuation. The idea is, let's get out of this world and go somewhere else. You know, we, we think, okay, Jesus comes and everything is destroyed. And Peter tells us that it would be like the times of Noah, he used flood language and yeah the Earth was destroyed by the flood, if we know the story of Noah, but was it really destroyed when the flood covered the water, it covered the Earth to a degree, it was destroyed, but the main idea behind the flood was that the Earth was renewed. The Earth wasn't completely destroyed in the sense of. Wiped out or ceasing to exist. The flood was a global restart. And there's a parallel. There's a parallel with the flood and the destruction of fire that we see in Revelation. As the earth was destroyed by water, it will be again, but this time by fire. And this, for the early Christian, was a good thing. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.13, but based on his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth. So this destruction isn't completely an alienation or destroying it completely. This destruction is more of a renewal, a new heavens and a new earth a new heavens, and a new earth. Is there going to be an earth still? Is there going to be a world still? Yeah, there still is. Our future hope is not to escape this earth. Our future hope is to see this earth renewed. The same earth the same heavens and earth that God created in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now here we see in Revelation that God is making all things new. He is renewing here on earth all things. John Mark Homer said, contrary to the popular saying, heaven is not our home, earth is. Well, not earth as it is right now with all of all of its pain and toil. No, this earth as it is right now is not our home. But the earth as it will be in the future, the earth renewed, that will be our home. Our hope isn't for another place, but it's for another time, a time when this earth will be renewed. Yes, we as followers of Jesus, we go to heaven when we die. But we don't just stay there. Our souls go, but our blessed hope is that our souls will return to this world and unite with our glorified bodies. If Jesus is a a, a ticket to heaven, as preachers have said, then he's a round-trip ticket, not a one-way. Because at the resurrection, we come back. And this world that we come back to is never once called heaven. Jesus called it, as we read, the renewal of all things. Paul called it the time for God to restore everything. John in Revelation 21.1, as we saw. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. The sea back then was an idea of chaos. When you look at the sea, it looks like it hasn't been tamed. but There won't be chaos anymore. John saw a new heaven and a new earth. Heaven here is talking about the sky or the universe. So we see a new heaven and a new earth. It sounds a lot like Genesis 1 again. God created the heavens and the earth. The word for new in John is kynos, It can be translated to renewed. It's like you restoring an old broken down house. You buy an old house and you restore it. You make it new. You renew it. Or an old car or a piece of furniture. So by a new heaven, by a new earth, it's, it's a restored earth. Revelation is not about God scrapping the earth and starting over. It's about God stripping down the cosmos to the studs. Imagine he He bought this house, the earth, and he's just stripping it, and and he's clearing out all the junk, all the grit, all the grime, and making it new again. In this new and renewed world, we won't be lounging around on a cloud with loincloth that maybe you see on paintings and just singing amazing grace for thousands of years. That's not what we see in the book of Revelation, read Revelation. The last two chapters of the Bible are all about the future, about what all human history is building up to. The story of the Bible doesn't end with us going away to heaven, but rather the story ends with heaven's invasion of earth what happened? We read in Revelation 5, 9 through 10. They sang a new song. We will be singing. And we will be singing these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. And then what happens? We are made into a kingdom, a priest to our God. And they... Talking about us, will reign on the earth. They will reign on the earth. This sounds a lot like the first verse we read back in Genesis, back in this series, Genesis one twenty eight. They will reign on the earth. And Genesis Genesis one twenty eight. It says, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Ruling the earth are bookends in the Bible. In the beginning, it was about working the land, ruling it. And in the end, we will be ruling the land again. The language of Revelation is just like the language of Genesis. We see a new heaven and a new earth, the tree of life. We will also see that there will be no more curse, and we will see that humans reign. This city we see in the end, this city in the new world, is not just any city, but it's a garden city, just like the Garden of Eden. This is what's waiting for us. It's not an eternal vacation in the sky, but it is an eternity of working, of ruling, of resting in this world that was completely remade from top to bottom by the Creator, ruling over the earth, side by side with Jesus himself forever. This is the hope of Jesus. This is the climax. And how we view the end should influence how we live today if you think that you're en route if you're going towards heaven that is a place up in the sky somewhere somewhere else with no physical body and you just have this spiritual immaterial existence then yeah it's it's pretty easy to feel a sense of meaningless about your job or career or justice or cultural renewal in this world. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to go live somewhere else anyways. This world doesn't even matter. We're going to heaven anyways. But this world does matter. God is renewing it. The scriptures wake us up to the reality that our hope is grounded in resurrection that we're on track for the age to come in this earth this changes everything it changes it it changes how we work and how we rest you know when we sabbath when we rest it's a it's a weekly reminder of two worlds of the world behind us and the one ahead of us when we rest We remember that God rested on the seventh day of creation. And when we rest, we remember that we will find ultimate rest in God in the garden city. When we rest, we are attuning our body to the world as it once was. We are joining the rhythm of creation. And when we rest, we are also anticipating and preparing for the world to come. We will live forever in God's presence, in God's rest, eating, drinking, and just enjoying God's presence. That's why when we just enjoy each other, like yesterday or whenever we're eating and drinking together, we're just enjoying. It's a glimpse of the future. It is a glimpse of us enjoying God's presence. We have the Holy Spirit within us, and when we enjoy one another, we are enjoying God's presence. Sabbath is a glimpse of the life that was and of the life that is coming. If you want to read more about the resurrection, you could go to 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul goes in depth regarding the resurrection. It's probably the longest passage about the resurrection. Yet, after his discussion about the resurrection, about us resurrecting, you know how Paul ended his discussion? Look at verse first uh, First Corinthians 15 to 58. So again, First Corinthians 15, it's all about the resurrection. First Corinthians 15:58. This is how Paul ends his discussion concerning the resurrection. So, we resurrect, okay? Then what does that mean? Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast Immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So he talks about the resurrection and then this is his conclusion. Because we're going to resurrect, Because of the future resurrection, therefore, excel in the Lord's work. Why? Because you know that your labor is not in vain. Because of the resurrection, because there is renewal happening, because this world is going somewhere, our work, our labor, they're they're not in vain. They're not all for nothing. They matter. What you do matters. If it's cooking, building, teaching, writing, mothering, project managing, beehive keeping, whatever it is, it all matters. It makes a difference. And part of the reason it kind of changes us, there's character formation when we're working. Dallas Willard said that this life is training for reigning, training for reigning, for ruling. Right now, we are learning the skills we'll need so that we could forever, in God's new world, rule and reign. We're learning how to rule right, right now. We're learning how to fight laziness with hard work, how to fight workaholism with Sabbath. We're learning how to handle money and sex and power in this world. We are learning how to deal with technology and information in the digital age. We are learning how to live over the earth and not get crushed under its weight or fall prey to its seduction. And some of the good work we do will actually last in God's new world. Of course, it would be renewed by fire, Everything will be destroyed by fire, but things we have made as humans will be part of the future. Think of the temple in Revelation. Humans made the temple, and now we see a new temple in Revelation. One pastor believed that he imagined his future being, you know, he's just living in a home that humans had made, having a rug, eating Thai food. Drinking almond milk, listening to classical music, riding a bicycle, enjoying things humans have created over thousands of years throughout human history, the bad stuff humans created like war and violence, these things will be no more. There will, we won't see violence anymore. There won't be any exploitation of the poor, no more corrupt bureaucracy, no more damage to the environment, no more gluttony, no more drunkenness, all this stuff will be burnt up. But some things will last. Listen to what N.T. writes, a New Testament scholar said. What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself, will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a a little less beastly, a little more bearable, until the day when we leave it all behind. They are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. Building for God's kingdom. All of your work, you are building for God's kingdom. So good. And and we're not building the kingdom, but we're building for God's kingdom. Jesus builds the kingdom. But we build the bricks, we could say, that Jesus uses to build the kingdom. He, he finds a way to bring all of our work together and make his masterpiece, make the kingdom. What we do now matters there is far more continuity between this and the age to come than most of us think there's more of a a correlation between how we live and how we will live forever there's a connection between how we rule now and how much we will rule over forever i will end this series with a story about nagel about a, a painter whose name was Niggle, and Niggle means work in a fiddling and ineffective way to spend time unnecessarily on petty details. Well, Niggle, and, and the story is by Tolkien, he, he's the author of The Lord of the Rings, and according to him, Niggle was, um, was a perfectionist. He was often unhappy with what he produced. He was distracted by less important details. One time, Nigel got a picture in mind. He wanted to paint a leaf, and then an entire tree. And then from a tree, he wanted to make this country scene, maybe a forest, some hills and mountains with snow. And he got a canvas that was so big, he needed a ladder just to reach the very top. And he was going to focus just on this one picture. This was going to be his best work. So he started working. He rubbed things here, putting paint here and there. But he just spent most of his time painting leaves since he was better working with leaves than trees. He just focused on leaves, making, painting good leaves. And he didn't get to paint the other stuff because he had a, a kind heart. His neighbor, Parrish, would always tell him to do stuff. And Nigel would comply. He would help uh, Parrish, his neighbor, uh, go on trips. And actually, one time when he was going on a trip, he ended up getting sick. He got a cold and died. And he was upset because he wasn't able to finish his painting. He he only painted leaves. Well, it, it turns out that someone after his death... He went, sometime after his death, some people went into his house and noticed the painting. And the canvas, it turns out that he was only able to accomplish painting one leaf. He wasn't able to paint the entire scene that he wanted to paint. But it was a beautiful, detailed leaf. And it was actually put in a museum, and it was called Leaf by Niggle. Some people saw and appreciated the one leaf, the one drawing. But the story doesn't end there. In the afterlife with Nigel, he, he hears a voice called Justice. And it said, Nigel, you, you wasted a lot of time accomplishing so little. Then Nigel heard another voice. Mercy, which said, You have chosen to sacrifice for others, even though you knew what you wanted. Eventually, in the afterlife, Nigel was walking and he encountered a tree. The tree. His tree. Before him, it says in the writing, before him stood the tree, his tree, finished, its leaves opening, its branches growing. Nigel gazed at the tree and slowly lifted up his arms and opened them wide and said, It's a gift. In the world, only a few people were able to see Nigel's work and they only saw a tree. And even less remembered Nigel himself. In the world, Nigel's work was unfinished. But in this new country, in this new world that appeared after this life, this world beyond death, in this permanent world, in this real world, Nigel finds his tree in full detail and finished. It was not just something he was interested in while he lived. No, this desire that he had for this beautiful tree, it was part of the true reality that would live forever and be enjoyed forever. Tolkien, the author of this story, saw art and work in a Christian perspective. He believed that God had given us gifts and talents so that we can do for one another what God wants, us to, do, wants to do for us and through us. Artists and entrepreneurs, teachers, construction workers, we, we all work from vision. We have dreams of making a world a better place. We want our work to contribute to that somehow. We want to bring healing. We want to bring structure. We want to bring prosperity. We want to help. We have these visions of doing great things, maybe creative things. And many of us, even though we want to do a lot of that and we want to accomplish all of that, the reality is that we won't even accomplish a percentage of of what we set out to do. We won't make The change we want to see. Those of us who are perfectionists, who want to do everything right, might relate with niggle. We want to make this beautiful painting, but we just accomplish making one leaf. And that's it. We don't fill the entire canvas. We make a nice leaf, but that's it. We are all niggle. We all dream of accomplishing big things and yet many of us want to accomplish everything we dream of doing everyone wants to be successful rather than forgotten everyone wants to make a difference rather than just staying at home and doing nothing but really that is beyond our control you know If this life is all that there is, then nothing really matters. Everything will burn up because of the sun and just how hot it will be getting. No one will will remember our work. Everyone will be forgotten. Nothing we did really made a difference. The justice that we try to push forward, it's all gone since everything will cease. But if there is a God... The God of the Bible exists, and if there is true reality, a reality that exists forever, then things can matter. Then our work can make a difference. Then our work can be remembered forever. In the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Whatever you work, Whatever you do, you need to know this. There really is a tree. Whatever you are seeking in your work, the the city of justice and peace, the world of brilliance and beauty, the story, the order, the healing, the wholeness, it is there. There is a God. There is a future healed a world that that God will bring out in your work, even though if it's a leaf, it's pointing to that tree, the future tree. In this world, your work is a window to this world that God is bringing. But your work will not bring God's kingdom all by itself. Your work will never be enough you will see the tree. Whatever you're building, you will see it come to pass in this new world. You will see the effects of good work come to pass. The whole tree that you seek, the beauty, the harmony, the joy, the comfort and community, it's all coming to fruition. If you know this all, then you won't get upset that you only painted one or, true, or two good leaves. Yes, you want to show the world in this lifetime that you, you accomplished more, but that one or true is an insight, a foretaste of the tree that is to come. You won't get upset if you only paint one, one or two good leaves in your lifetime if you don't accomplish everything that you set out to do, don't worry. God will make that tree happen. That vision, that accomplishment, maybe not in this lifetime, but in the life to come. The effects of what you wanted to do, whether it is art, whether it is helping, bring healing, it will come to pass. God will make the tree happen. The leaf that you draw now is just a depiction of the future. And Be content with that. Revelation 21, and we'll end our time with this. Revelation 21, 1 through 7 says, and you could just listen and think about this future that is coming. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people's. and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He also said, "Write, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us desires. We want to draw a tree. We want to paint this tree. We want to bring justice. We want to make beautiful things. We want to bring healing. We want to help others. Thank you, God, for giving us these visions. And Lord, let us set out to accomplish this. Maybe we're not able to achieve everything, Lord, but if we could just draw a tree, if we could help people have a foretaste of the world that is to come. Lord, help us do that, Lord. We would be so thankful, Lord. Let us be content, with the things that we're doing, even though we're not seeing all the fruits, even though we're not seeing all the healing, all the harmony and organization, order that we would want to see in this world, justice, Lord, that we would want to see, even though we're not able to do that. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do little things, draw a leaf here, and contribute somehow. Let us be content that we're able to do that. And let us have hope that you will bring the full tree, that you will bring full justice, that you will bring your kingdom. There will be beauty. There will be harmony. There there will be completion and wholeness. We will be fulfilled. You have given us this need, this desire. We are thirsty and you will give us living water. Lord. What we do matters. and Let us work as if our work matters because it does. Let us do what you have given us to do. In Jesus' name we pray.